Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. For today's episode, I'm interviewing Morgan Beard. Morgan is a creative life coach who helps others build holistically fulfilling lives. Welcome, Morgan. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Christina, for having me. Well, I am excited about this topic. I love anything neuroscience slash emotional intelligence related. So, but, but before we get into that, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Delaware. And I, uh, after college, I lived in New York City and I got my master's in art therapy and I thought I was going to be an art therapist for the rest of my life um, because I so much loved the merger of helping people going deep into psychology with the creative process. I've always seen myself as an artist and someone who wanted to help others. So that seemed like the exactly right marriage of that. But then once I started practicing and working towards my licensure... I burnt out hard Mm. and I've struggled with personally depression and anxiety for most of my life. Um, And I was in the pit of a major depressive episode. So I decided I needed to change pretty much every single thing about my life. And I moved to Los Angeles where I live now Wow! and um, started over with my career and then kind of found myself um, assisting a business coach. And I had not been exposed to the the coaching industry previously. Um, Coming from a therapy background, I kind of like thought, oh, I'm, you know, I... I don't know about all this woo-woo stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But lo and behold, um, I've really found myself in the woo-woo stuff. And I developed a relationship with spirituality that I deeply needed, a relationship with um, just all of the sort of mindset stuff, limiting belief stuff that Mm. um, a lot of coaches are helping people around. And it helped me massively to transcend a lot of my own stuff. And then um, after kind of seeing how that coach ran her business and what was going on with her and her clients, I was like, you know what? I can translate the skills I already have into something that's more of a coaching framework and work with people one-on-one. So that was um, four years ago. And I've been doing that since. And I've along the way picked up a lot of different skills and I really expanded through all the creative and self-expressive kind of disciplines. And I've also started to work um, with people's bodies and how their emotions show up in their bodies Mm. um, through a lot of guided meditation and visualization. And I've also started to do hands-on stuff now um, with certain clients. And it's just like exploded my sense of of what's possible and sort of how all of these different systems um, weave together and how oh, our wow. issues manifests uh, and how how we can kind of create more flow and more harmony and and build the lives of our dreams. It's kind of wild. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh man. So we we have to dive in. So the topic is you know, how to get to the root of any emotion. Is there like a like an anatomy of an emotion that you can go through? Or I don't know, would that be the term or <laughs> oh wow. 
I love that question because it makes me think, it, it gives me a very visual, like very tangible um, concept for what it's like mm -hmm. to work with emotions, which emotions... A lot of people, I think, kind of run from them, run from run from them, or try to do every single thing but confront their yeah. emotions because they're so amorphous and deep and hard to pin down. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I really love using that term anatomy because it makes it very concrete. It makes me think back to when I was like a junior in high school and I took anatomy and mm -hmm. thinking about all the, the different <laughs> um, muscles and ligaments yep. and where they connect and their insertion and their whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I so to connect anatomy and emotions, I think the first thing to say would be. Um, have you heard of Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score? Mm, no, I have not. Ooh. Okay. So anyone who's listening who is like more interested in how do emotions and psychological things manifest in the body, that's a fantastic uh, book to read. It, oh, it's, wow. it's really well written and, and he's sort of <clears throat> one of the, the psychiatric like fathers of that discipline of understanding how that where that connection is, um, how trauma gets stored in the body. But to put it very simply, our issues are in our tissues, as oh. is said. <laughs> Sometimes when things rhyme, they just make more sense, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so when we... Our emotions are like signals, you know, sort of like our stomach growls. And we know that that means I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. But... A lot of times we walk around, we interact with people and different emotions get triggered and we feel things, but we don't necessarily know what it is. We don't have as direct of a connection as like my stomach growled, I'm hungry with it. Yeah. So we kind of don't always know, how do I feed this? How do I nourish this? How do I, you know, I, oh, my bladder's full. I have to pee. How do I release this? Um, but once we start to understand, um, there are there are things I think are pretty globally true as far as like how different people experience different emotions, but but it also is um, kind of how does it show up in your body? And you know mm -hmm. your you have to know your own kind of body map of like oh when I experience this sensation in my chest that means I'm angry, mm -hmm. or when I feel this tension in my stomach that means I'm anxious, and so then I do X Y and Z um, to listen to that to uh, act on it, whatever. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So I love I that. Keep so going, but it's like, yeah, no, talk please. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like, so it's, it's in the, the, I love that because I know I've had trouble with awareness of like, not even realizing I was stressed out until something in my body broke. Right. So, so I, I love yeah. the, uh, the way that you had described that. So how do we become more aware for those of us that can be quite unaware. Um, and then what do we do about it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first thing to say is like, I consider myself an expert in this and I get stuck in it from time to time. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that I continually remind myself, I continually remind my clients, what whoever, <laughs> is permission. Mm. Giving yourself just like permission. Um, because emotions can be so 
tricky and we can have so many stories about them in our minds that lead us kind of away from the point and out of our bodies and up here and we're intellectualizing it and this and that. It's like, let's give ourselves both the time and the space um, to let the emotions kind of show themselves to us, not try to rush and go like force a label on them or it must be doing this, like wait for that signal that lets us know, oh, oh, I'm sad. Oh, Um, because sometimes they also operate in layers. Like sometimes you, you start experiencing sadness and then when you spend some time with it, it kind of unfolds into anger. And when you spend time with it, it unfolds into fear and then stress and then sadness again. And um, so having a lot of like patience and kind of just letting it flow, it's almost like we just kind of need to turn on the faucet. And then, you know, if the faucet hasn't been turned on in a long time, or there's been some kind of weird plumbing issue, you, you first it's like spitty air. It's like... <laughs> and then it's like brown and then it's this and then it's that before it like runs clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like no matter what's coming out of the faucet, our most important job is just to turn it on and like let it flow. Mm. That's step one. Yeah. So so let it flow. Can yeah. you get into that a little bit more? Like um because what what popped up to my head is just like pouring down tears while you're in a meeting or something. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more on that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So that would be uh that would be an example where you've gone way past your saturation point with that emotion where yeah. you're carrying it around and you're like a balloon that's completely full and then the slightest <laughs> touch, it's like and it just, I love these metaphors and analogies. it's never the time or the place. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And I come up with them as I go, as they sort of come to me and they, they, they tend to be like stickier that way and kind of mm-hmm. makes, make sense to people on a visceral level. Um, so if you're the person who is like bursting about to cry in a meeting and I've been that person, like you, it, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It can feel that way, but what it kind of means is, okay, I haven't turned my faucet on in a while. Like I needed to really carve out earlier when I was noticing smaller things uh, and let let that emotion flow. Because like I said, with the permission piece is like, ideally you're turning the faucet on and letting the emotions flow when you actually can carve out time alone where you're not running into a meeting uh, or somebody's about to call or whatever it is. When you have alone time, um, give yourself more than you think you need. Um, You know, I would say at least, at least like a half hour, if you can swing it. Um, it, It's, it's almost something that's better done calendared in as maintenance before you're at that bursting point. Ooh, I like that idea because I was always also thinking that you could um, you could not pay attention if you are so busy and so distracted uh, that it could get to the the balloon bursting yeah. point. So making that time to check in with yourself on a regular basis, it sounds like. Yeah, and and that sort of goes both ways. Where often we busy ourselves when we don't want to face emotions that are starting to rise. It's like, let's do anything but like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, so now for those folks. So they go that, hand in hand. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. For, for those folks that um, they're like, wait, wait, you want me to sit with my, my emotions? Like, what does that look like? I'm like, I'm scared of my emotions. So how does it look like uh, me sitting with my emotions? Yeah. So um, sometimes you can just, it's almost like a meditation, except you're not trying to clear your mind. You're just kind of holding a space where things can come through and it can look like nothing or it can look like tears or it can look like Mm -hmm. frustration and or frantic energy, whatever. Um, But for some people, and a lot of times, especially if you're kind of just starting or you're intimidated by it, using something as sort of like a vehicle to get you there. Um, mm. So like when I was an art therapist, like making art, drawing, painting, whatever can be that vehicle on which your emotions get carried out and expressed. Mm. Uh, dancing is a great one. Singing is a great one. Just deep breathing is a great one. Anything that kind of creates some movement and some flow versus like that feeling of like, I'm stuck, I'm stagnated, I'm like standing on the edge of a step, but I'm not moving forward or backward. Like anything that just gradually introduces movement. It could be walking, it could be yoga. Um, You don't have to be too rigid about it, really. It's, It's really whatever allows you to kind of drop that rigidity, um, drop that structure. But a lot of times we need something to ease us from that point where we're stuck into that full flow mode. We Some people can't mm-hmm. just sit down and go, I'm going to witness my emotions and then just be <laughs> right there. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Now, so working through the flow of the emotion, where does mm-hmm. the, or, or mm-hmm. does it, I, I would assume it does, the analysis of, okay, what brought this emotion on and how can I perhaps mm-hmm. either change the way I look at things or the way I interact. Where, where does that come in and, and how do we do that? Yeah. I'm someone who is very often stuck in my head and stuck in analysis mode. And so sometimes yeah. I will try to kind of shortchange the trajectory of the emotion by trying to f- figure it all out bef- instead yep. of just letting it flow. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's much that intelligence or that wisdom tends to come more easily and more naturally once the emotion has run its course. Because then in retrospect, you're like, oh, I was keeping in all of that sadness about that phone call I had with my dad. And I didn't realize that it's because I have, you know, I'm stuck in that pattern of I can't show him my emotions. Mm. But it, it's really hard to get there and know wholeheartedly that that's the truth of it when you're still in that, like, I'm hovering over it kind of mode. Yeah. So if you feel yourself wrestling with something in your mind, it's probably because you're still trying to balance on top of it mm. uh, instead of just letting it flow. And it's almost like if the emotion is like a sphere and it's at the center, it's like that hovering is like happening on the the outer layer. So it's kind of like 
you're entering the field of that emotion, but there's like an anxiety or a tension around it mm -hmm. that almost kind of has uh, some of the qualities of that emotion, but you're not like piercing the surface. Yeah. Ah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Move through it and then clarity will come. So just uh, what I'm hearing is just kind of yeah. let go and let it flow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another pun. Yeah. <laughs> like I say this all the time. Sorry, what? Let go and let it flow. Another little pun or, or uh, rhyme. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I wrote a song that's very much to that effect Ooh. called Water about just dropping, just dropping whatever the thing, the burden you're carrying and just letting the emotions flow out. And I say this all the time, like it's simple, but it's really difficult. And if it yeah. feels really, really complicated, then it's probably not right because it's, it's the solution over and over and over again is sort of the simplest, most natural thing, but we don't do it because it's really freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny how that works out? <laughs> yeah. Funny, yeah. tragic, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what else do you want our listeners to know about uh, getting to that root cause of, a, of an emotion? Mm. Yeah. Um, so once you feel like, okay, I I've released what I need to release. Maybe with anger, you scream, you pound, you whatever. Maybe with sadness, you cry, you mourn, you grieve. Um, if you want to pivot into that sort of analysis mode, writing is an amazing tool. Um, mm. Again, art still, you know, is still a great way to express. One of the things that I like about art versus like a creative discipline, something where you kind of let go and it's not like I'm in my head logicking it out, puzzling it out, is because emotion is um, pretty uh, subconscious and pretty, like I'll use the word feminine, which is sort of like antithetical to the like the masculine, which is very like logical. I'm doing, I'm mm -hmm. figuring it out, I'm puzzling it out, um, it, linear. An emotion is much more like intangible, amorphous, like I was saying before. And so art is as well. So you can often, if you're able to let go of the analytical mind and just kind of like do a doodle um, or even just mm -hmm. get a crayon and just kind of color, um, you're getting information that's in the language of the emotion. And then again, you can then look at that product with your analytical mind. You can apply your analytical mind after that release has taken place and mm -hmm. you can get insights that kind of uh, tend to evade the logical mind just because they're not in the yeah. language of it. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm guessing that's why um, one of the reasons why adult coloring books are so popular now. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Cause yeah. it's really, it has the structure. Um, so in the masculine energy, it, it has like the structure, it has the, the, the black and white lines where it's like color here, like this patch of color goes here, <laughs> this patch of color goes here, this, and it makes this picture that we understand. 
Mm-hmm. And that gives us enough mm-hmm. of a structure to, sometimes where we can allow our mind to take a break and just kind of go with yeah. the flow of it. It's really meditative. Yeah, I love it. Now, I know there's so much more that we could tap into, and I know listeners are going to want to learn more. So where do they need to go to learn more about you and your products and or services? Yeah. So the best place to get in touch with me is my website, which is morganbeard.coach. And you can send me an email at yes at morganbeard.coach. You can poke around. There are some little like tools and bits and pieces, but honestly, what I've come to learn or just sort of what I feel works the best for people and what works the best for me is really the one-on-one working together because like the adult coloring books, like the relationship is kind of the structure where I feel the most, the most can come out of that because alone, if, you know, if, if self-help books were the only, or digital courses <laughs> were like the only thing that works for people. Like th- that's it. We wouldn't need each other, but we're humans. <laughs> yeah. We need each other. Um, yeah. We need to see people, someone react to us and how, how does, how does my emotional output affect this other person? And then what are they telling me like live in the moment? Like th- that richness is how I like to work. So yeah. really that's the way. That's the way to get a bigger piece of me um, and to get more deeply into what this work is and kind of, you know, literally or figuratively hold your hand through it. Um, I think that's the most potent. Oh, I agree. Coaching is very important. Okay. Your final yeah. piece of advice for our listeners. <sighs> Okay, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to just if you're if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're not driving, <laughs> it's safe for you to close your eyes. Um, or you can take time after as soon as this podcast ends. I challenge you to not go right to the next podcast or right to the next whatever it is you're doing, and just close your eyes. And see how slowly you can take the next few breaths. And just feel what it feels like in your body as the air comes in and the air goes out. And allow 100% of your attention to go into the body channel, not the mind channel, the, not the, what am I doing next? What does this mean? Why, what the hell is she talking about? Let go of that <laughs> as much as you can. And imagine that your awareness, which we typically think of is like up here because this is where our brains are, drop it down and spread it out so that it encompasses your whole body or maybe just reach to your heart and just play with breathing as that gentler, feeling kind of place and just see what that stirs up. If that stirs up some emotion that stirs up like frantic thoughts, it's like, Ooh, there's something here. So carve out that time and space, do it a little bit more. See what fruit that gives you. Mm, I'm so relaxed now too. (laughs) 
That's great advice. Yes. There are so many benefits to doing this. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Morgan. Oh my gosh. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Morgan, visit her website at morganbeard.coach. If you'd like to learn more about her music, visit linktr.ee forward slash M-U-U-N-I-E. Did you know that time is not your most limiting resource? To find out how to increase your productivity and have more time to do the things you love, visit secrettosuperproductivity.com. 